Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Good morning, Harvest. Welcome to our Sunday service. Today, continuing along with the Bible Project series, we want to talk about heaven and earth. Let me start with a question. What image or images come to your mind when you think about heaven? Do you think about pearly gates where St. Peter is holding a ledger, checking off your name to see if you're on the list? Uh, Do you think of a place that we go to when we die and the streets will be paved with gold? Or do you think of a place that's up there somewhere, you're just not sure where, but you know that it's up where? Now, the Bible seems to teach that heaven is a place above, so that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Think about it. In Genesis chapter 28, Jacob's ladder, it reads, Jacob dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set on the earth, and at the top of it, it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood above it. So there's this kind of picture of this ladder that goes from the earth up into heaven. There's that idea of heaven is up there. But it's not just Jacob's ladder, but it's also when the angels announced the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2 tells us, when the angels went away from them, the shepherds, they went into heaven. They went up. They went somewhere up there. But it's also found in in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, with Jesus' ascension. As Jesus ascended into heaven and he disappeared, the angels came up to the apostles and said, men of Galilee. Why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So there's this sense in the Bible that heaven is somewhere up there. But if we only think of heaven as a destination, as a place that is somewhere up there, a place in the by and by, we're actually missing a bigger picture of what heaven is in the Bible. Now, You might be asking yourself this simple question, so what? So what about heaven and earth? So what about whether heaven is up there or it's over there or whatever it is? What's the big deal about knowing where heaven is? I mean, I don't have to worry about heaven until I die, right? And what does heaven have to do with paying the bills, working in a job that I don't like, or trying to get along with my neighbors, or even trying to share the gospel with them? Well, the answer in the end, hopefully, is a lot. Knowing where heaven is really is an important question for us to answer. And hopefully by the end of this message today, you'll understand how important it is in our daily lives. Now, to understand the meaning of heaven and how it influences our daily lives, we need to understand the terms, what does it mean for heaven, And what does it mean for earth? Think of it this way. Both heaven and earth are spaces. Heaven is God's space and earth is humanity's space. Understanding the earth is easy. It's in plain sight. Here at the ministry center, I can look outside. I see trees. I see grass. I see all kinds of things that remind me of this is what the earth is. It is a physical place where we people dwell. Heaven is different. It's God's space. And this isn't as easy to see. In fact, it's an inconceivable space for us because it's a place where God fully exists. 
we really, in our humanity, cannot understand or comprehend a place where God fully exists because we would be overwhelmed by his presence. The reality is this is a space where God fully exists is a space where there is holiness, justice, and beauty, which is totally different from the place where we dwell, which we call earth. I mean, just look around us. The world that we live in is not as pure as the heaven that God dwells in. And to put it another way, the earth that we dwell in is full of sin, injustice, and ugliness. Now, this could be bad news. If you think about it, if God cannot fully dwell somewhere on our earth, as we would like as he does in heaven, and the fact that these two places are different in nature, how then can we be brought together with God? How can heaven, which is God's space, and earth, which is our space, be brought together in a way that we can actually experience God? But there is some good news because even though these two places are different in nature, there is overlap that actually happens throughout the scripture. In fact, if we look more closely at the Bible story, one of the major themes throughout scripture is the uniting, breaking, and reuniting of God's space and humanity's space. What do I mean? Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 tells us this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Eden was a space where God fully dwelt, heaven, with man on earth, literally. In other words, at one time in the Garden of Eden, both spaces completely and fully overlapped. This is the place where God and humanity dwelled together. There was no separation between the two as man partnered with God in building a beautiful and flourishing world. Unfortunately, when we get to Genesis chapter 3, we see that humanity disobeys God's clear and specific command, and this perfect overlap was completely broken. And in that brokenness, the two were separated. So now, where God's space and man's space were united, there was union no more. Because God's space, where God fully dwells, is totally different from our space, man's space, earth, where sin and justice and ugliness rule. So now, if both places are different so completely, how can they actually overlap? They overlap when God breaks into our world and invites us to connect with him through a temple and a sacrifice. <clears throat> there have been and still are places where humanity can connect with God. In the Bible, there were several places of this overlap. For instance, there's Moses' tabernacle. There's the temple of Solomon, and then the temple of Herod. In the New Testament, we learn that church is a temple, and ultimately in the future, the city of God, which we find in the book of Revelation, will be a place where God and man fully connect once again. Now, those are cool, but the greatest temple or tabernacle that God has ever sent our way is found in Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 14 reads this way. The word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Through Jesus, God sent a dwelling place where heaven and earth can now meet. Jesus invaded our world. He became incarnate in our space. Earth in order to bring, he came to earth in order to bring God's space, heaven, to us. 
But this wasn't a one-time occurrence in the sense that Jesus just didn't come and then he packed up and left. But when he came, he lived in our world and he took heaven. Jesus invaded our space, earth. He became incarnate in order to bring God's space, heaven, to us. This wasn't a one-time occurrence in the sense that Jesus came, packed up, and then left. But when Jesus was born and he grew up and walked this earth, he brought heaven, God's space, wherever we went. He went. So if you look at the Gospels, you'll see throughout the whole Gospels that Jesus was constantly eating with the sinners. He was constantly healing people. He was redeeming and saving all those who would believe. Because what Jesus was doing in the midst of that overlap was he was going out of that overlap and entering our space, earth, and bringing heaven there. His desire, his hope was to bring God's space to our space here on the earth. See, when Jesus walked the earth, he literally spread pockets of God's space wherever he went. How was he able to do this? We must remember, not only was Jesus the tabernacle, the place where God meets with man, where heaven and earth connected, <clears throat> we must also recognize that he was the sacrifice as well. John chapter 1, verse 29 reads, The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sacrificial death of Jesus creates a God space known as heaven, where God and humanity can reunite heaven and earth. The reuniting of heaven and earth will be complete ultimately when Jesus returns. But in the meantime, the death of Jesus brings about this unity, this overlap where people in the midst of our sinful unjust, ugly world can actually connect with heaven, can connect with God and have life. Now, why does this matter in the end? Why do we need to know that heaven is not just a destination, but it's an actually a place where the presence of God fully dwells? And that full dwelling of God can become a sacred space, a sacred place through a tabernacle who today we recognize is Jesus. Why does this matter? Well, the first reason is this. Jesus invites us to partner with him in spreading pockets of God's presence. In other words, Jesus calls us, me, you, and anyone else who follows Jesus, into bringing heaven to earth. This means our daily lives really do matter, even in the mundane. Think about the invitation this way. When Jesus started his ministry, it says in Mark 1.15 that Jesus said, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God, also known as the kingdom of heaven, is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. In other words, heaven has come to earth. The time is at hand for us to connect with God. All we need to do is to repent and believe. So at the birth of Jesus, who was God with us, who was Emmanuel, his incarnation brought heaven to earth. God with us. God left his space in heaven, and invaded our space here on earth. Then Jesus called his disciples to follow him. In Mark chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, follow me, imitate me, 
Be my disciple. You see, this call, though, was not only for the first disciples, but for every disciple of Jesus to come afterwards. Because in Matthew 28, Jesus said, Go and make disciples. Take this bit of heaven that has been placed within you as a seed of life through the Holy Spirit. Go and bring that bit of heaven to every place that you go on the earth. And as we do that, we spread pockets of heaven wherever we go. You see, as Jesus went out and had dinners and had conversations with the sinners and with the lost, he was spreading these pockets of heaven, God's space. In the same way, he says, imitate me. Do the things that I do. What did I do? I left heaven. I came to the earth. I brought heaven to the earth. And now I want you to leave this connection point that you have with me, this little bit of heaven, and bring that to the earth. In other words, heaven is a kingdom. We're bringing the kingdom of God, the rule of God, to the earth, which is overburdened by sin. We bring holiness. We bring justice. We bring beauty. Now, how does this fit in my everyday life? As we look at the world in which we live in, the anger, the hatred, the bitterness, the chaos, the things that we are experiencing, not just this year, but throughout all of history, is a sense where we see this is the earth. There is sin. There is injustice. There is ugliness. It's a terrible place to live. And yet Jesus says, when you look at that place, when you look at what's going on, we are called to bring this place of holiness this place of justice, this place of beauty into this world. Bring heaven to earth. The call on our lives is to bring heaven to earth. And that affects everything. When you go shopping and you interact with people, we bring heaven to earth. I remember the one time I went to Target with my daughter, Christina, and I was getting angry at the person who was taking care of us. And she took me aside and she said, like, Dad, you're a pastor. And this isn't the, you know, the exact words, but the idea behind the story is, Dad, you're a pastor. And the idea is you represent God. You represent heaven. You're supposed to bring beauty to this situation, and yet what you're bringing is ugliness. Your anger is not a good thing. You see, that affects my daily life. Can I bring heaven to a customer service representative that I might be angry with because they're not serving me well? Yes, I can. I can bring beauty to that situation. Or... I can bring ugliness. I can bring heaven to earth, or I continue to, to, can continue to dwell in the earth. That affects all of our relationships. It affects our marriage relationships. We can bring heaven to earth. We can bring our beauty into the relationship that we have with our spouse. We can be, bring the beauty of being a parent to our relationship with our children. And even as youth group students, we can bring the beauty of heaven to our relationship with our parents. The whole idea that heaven is not just a destination, but it is a place where God dwells. We can bring God into every situation in which we live. In other words, when Jesus says, hey, go and make disciples, what he's saying is bring heaven to earth. And if we enter into our daily situations with a perspective, a desire, and then also a will to do what brings heaven to earth, then it affects our daily lives. Everything we do, the jobs that we work at, the relationships that we have, the neighbors, the community that we live in, everything is an opportunity for us to bring heaven to earth. So, why is this important? Why does it matter? It matters because in our daily living, 
our perspective is not just to be morally right, good citizens, but to bring heaven, this place of beauty, this place of justice, this place of holiness to earth, which is a place of sin, injustice, and ugliness. But there's a second reason why we need to understand the difference between heaven and earth and have a different perspective on heaven, not as a destination, but as where God rules. And it's this. In Jesus, we see the reuniting of heaven and earth now and completely in the future. Jesus' incarnation, his life, and his resurrection gives us hope. The second reason why we need to understand heaven in a way of God's dwelling place is that we must understand that we have hope. We have not a hope, we have not only a hope now, but also a future hope. And this future hope is the fuel for what it is to be our hope in the present life. Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 through 5 says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. What does this hope do? Why do we have to know that heaven is the the place of God where he dwells and dwells fully? It gives us hope. It helps us have the hope that one day we will be free from the sin which constantly weighs us down. Do you struggle with anger? Do you struggle with pride? Do you struggle with lust? All these things that continually seem to be bothering us and holding us from completely experiencing God. The sense of, I keep failing, I keep making a mistake, I keep doing this wrong. How can God love me? When will I be free is the cry. Paul says in Romans chapter 7, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? There's that sense of, this is useless. Living in this world, this place of sin and injustice and ugliness, this place of death, I can never seem to escape it. That's Paul's cry. It should be our cry. And yet there's a hope because Paul says, thanks be to God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, there's one day there will be freedom. Do you feel tired of the sin that you commit? Do you feel beaten down? Do you feel like you'll never fully experience God? One day in the future, we will experience him completely because heaven has come down and invaded the earth. Heaven has come down and invaded our lives. A hope of a future when we will be free from all sin is a hope that can also infect and affect our lives today. In the midst of your difficulties, your sorrows, your circumstances, you might be crushed by what's going on. You may be experiencing grief, lamenting the way your life has turned out or lamenting all the things that seem to be going wrong in your life. But in the future, Scripture tells us all of that will be wiped away. Our mourning, our grieving, our lamenting, our tears, all of it will be gone. The fact that this heaven, when it fully overlaps once again the earth, when once again, when heaven and earth are fully united, everything will be made 
completely new. Look at what it says in verse 5. And behold, he who was seated on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. We have a hope that everything will be wiped away and everything will be new. We have this hope that every tear from our eyes and death shall be no more. No more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. All those things have passed away. We have a hope that everything will one day be made right. In the end, we need to see that heaven is not a destination. Rather, it is a space where we can connect with God. If we see heaven as a destination, then we can slip into thinking that we are okay as long as we perform within God's parameters for entering that destination. Where we say, I said a prayer, I go to church, I read my Bible, I do small groups, yada, yada, yada. That's all I need to do. I can coast now into heaven because I've already purchased my ticket. If we see heaven in that way, then we run into the difficulty of not seeing the whole picture of what heaven is about. How heaven is really about God connecting with man in sacred space. You see, for us, the ultimate goal of life is not to get to heaven. The ultimate goal of life is to know God, to be with God, to dwell with God. And if we can understand that and understand that that's what scripture talks as to what heaven is. Heaven is that place where God fully dwells, where God fully rules. If that is our picture of heaven, then I will remind us that it does two things. One, it's an invitation for us to go into this world and take the little bit of heaven that we have experienced in our relationship with Christ and bring it to the hurting and to bring healing, to be peacemakers in the midst of injustice. And then secondly, it gives us a hope that in the midst of our struggles with sin and sorrow, Jesus comes, he fills us, he strengthens us, he comforts us, he's encouraging us, and he also encourages us to do the same with those who are in a similar set of circumstances. So how does the fact of heaven affect our earthly lives? Quite simply by recognizing that heaven is a place where God dwells fully. And God's call in our lives is to bring heaven to earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be your ambassadors. People who will take what you have given to us a little bit of heaven, here and now, to other people. Father, I pray that you will bear fruit in our lives, that our understanding of heaven will not be about heaven just being a destination, somewhere where we go in the end, but that actually heaven is when you reign, when you rule in our lives, that you bring holiness, that you bring justice, that you bring beauty, and that the beauty that you give to us is the same beauty that you want to pass on to other people in this world. Because God, you love the world and have called us to reach the world. And so Father, may we be partnering with you, doing your ministry of bringing heaven to earth. And then Father, we also thank you that you've given us a hope in Jesus that as heaven is already intersected with earth, one day it will be complete and we will be able to experience you fully and completely. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.